Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have a special guest with us today. Yes, we have the pleasure of speaking with Shari Tamietti. Shari is a licensed master esthetician based in St. George, Utah. She is an aesthetics instructor and the creator of Skin and Soul Retreat, which is a one-of-a-kind educational retreat for estheticians. Hey, Shari, how hey. are you? Hi, guys. I'm so good. How are you? Doing, Doing great. Good. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm so excited. Good. We're happy to have you. Um, We've been trying to figure this out. You've been ducking out. and dodging us. <laughs> COVID <laughs> caused it. <laughs> okay. I have to tell you, after I, I was listening to that message out loud and my husband was sitting next to me and he was like, are you kidding me? You better call them back right now. I can't believe you're doing that. And so I was like, no, no, no. It's not what you think. So thanks for that. You got me in trouble. <laughs> oh, Way to go, Royal. <laughs> <laughs> well, so our listeners know we had been planning on, uh, we Royal and I were planning a trip out to you uh, what for the beginning of March? And yeah, March twentieth. Oh, March twentieth. Okay, and so we were gonna go out there. We were gonna meet up with Shari in St. George and record this episode live. And then the COVID nineteen <laughs> pandemic hit, and so we uh, we didn't get to go out there. And we did reach out to Shari to schedule a phone interview, but she was caught up in the middle of having to switch her whole curriculum and teaching over to virtual teaching. Right? Yes. Yeah, so obviously her schedule was a little bit crazy with uh, trying to figure out how to teach her students away from yeah. them. It's been wild, but I still I still want to, to plan a meetup sometime when all this is over and, and we won't infect each other. I know. Oh, for sure. Seriously. For sure. Yeah, we we travel to Utah pretty often. and yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah, we love stopping in St. George. St. George Yay. is cute. Yeah. St. George's Radiator, yeah. Radiator Springs from college. Is <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is a little bit. That's okay, though. <laughs> okay. So, Shari, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us how you got into aesthetics, a little bit about that journey, and how you got into teaching. Absolutely. So, my story isn't, I don't know, there's a lot of times people tell their stories and they're like, oh, I just love makeup and I love skincare and all this stuff. So, it just seemed like the perfect path. And <laughs> mine's not as, as fun as that. So I never really knew what I wanted to do. And I was going to school and um, I graduated with my associates and I, I was currently working in uh, real estate. So I was a listing coordinator for a team of agents. And I had, had been doing that for about five years, loved it. Um, while I was doing that, I also had opened up my own clothing boutique store in my hometown, which is Hurricane, Utah. Oh. Um, so I was kind of doing that, both of those things. And I ended up anyway, long story short, ended up closing my store and was planning on going online. And then this opportunity came up with the real estate team that I was working on to be more full time. So, um, took that on, but I've, I've always kind of been in the beauty industry or beauty industry adjacent, I guess, because my mom's been an esthetician since I was like 13. Um, my mother-in-law owns a hair salon. Two of my sister-in-laws are cosmetologists. And so I've got, I've always kind of been in it. And I, I just, it just never seemed like a good fit. I, I knew I didn't want to do hair. If you mm. could see my hair, you would know that that's not a good fit for me. Girl, <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> so I knew that I didn't want to do hair, but I loved, I loved the idea of having something that I could be my own boss doing my, doing my own thing. So I kind of already had that having my own clothing store and both of my parents are very entrepreneurial. You know, they, they own their own businesses. They've always been their own boss. And so that was just kind of my end goal and aesthetics was my way to get there, if that makes sense. So I, whatever, what do we you call it? Applied, I guess. Applied mm -hmm. for aesthetic schools or did the whole admissions thing and did it. And, um, you know, I, I liked it. I loved waxing. Everything else, I was like, yeah, this is okay. I don't, I wouldn't really want to do this. But um, just seeing like the business opportunities and, you know, we say everyone says this all the time. There's so many opportunities and so much um, potential for growth in the industry, but it's so true. And that's just kind of what piqued my interest. So, so my main thing was I wanted to be in business for myself and aesthetics was the, the way that I did that. Okay. 
So I went to school um, with no intention of being an instructor, uh, but was offered a scholarship to do the student instructor program and honestly just fell in love, fell in love with it because I, I feel like I'm able to help students kind of figure that out that, look, you don't just have to work nine to five um, for somebody else. You can, you can take this and you can do your own thing. Yeah. Um, real quick, what is the student instructor program? So in the state of Utah, um, as you know, there's, it's a two-tiered license. There's a basic license and a master license. And then to get your instructor license, it's an additional 300 hours, or I think it's like 1,200 work hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the school that I went to, they offered um, a scholarship to do the student instructor program which is basically student teaching. So you're in the classroom and, you know, you're sitting down with instructors and you're going over all the stuff that's in that textbook, you know, like learning types and you're practicing, just honing your hands on skills and presenting and stuff like that. So that's kind of what it entailed for me. Gotcha. That's awesome. So they help you get those extra hours in so that you can qualify for your aesthetics instructor's licensure. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, way cool. Okay, so after you completed that program, um, how long was it, or was it immediately that you started teaching, like full time, or how did that happen? Um, after completing that, I I did take clients. So, like I said, my mother in law has a salon in Hurricane, so I was seeing clients mostly just for spray tans and waxing. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty. I don't know. It wasn't really full time. I was just doing a little bit here and there, um, but with the hopes of building it up. And it just kind of got to the point where, you know, I was I was doing more at the school and teaching more at the school and really, really enjoying it. And so I, I kind of put building up my clientele on the back burner for a minute and then and then went into teaching full time. So I don't know. It was maybe maybe a semester or two. It wasn't it wasn't too long until I was in in full time. Okay. Nice. So how do you like teaching? I love it. Love, love, love it. And I know we've talked about this before of just like the purpose of aesthetic schools. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had mentioned that sometimes people are like, why didn't I learn that in school? Or, or my school didn't teach me that, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Which the purpose of aesthetic schools is basically to get you licensed. That's what that's what you're paying them to do is to get you licensed and to hopefully expose you to lots of little things or lots of options, but it's just not really viable. I don't know. Is that how you feel? It's not really viable to explore every inch of the beauty industry in a 600 hour program. Correct. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So I I, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say that. I think that some aesthetic schools could do a better job of explaining that. But yes. I, I understand, I, I guess I understand why they don't, because they're telling the student, okay, you've got to spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to be able to get your aesthetics license. And nobody wants to hear as they're signing that check that this is just the first phase of education. Oh, man. Right. However, it is just the first phase of education. So yeah, it, it's. It's a little bit tricky, but I wish they could be a little more honest about that because then students wouldn't walk away from aesthetic school, start working, and then end up being resentful and realize they have a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or feeling like, I don't know, it's just all about expectations. And if they come in feeling like they're going to walk away knowing every little thing there is to know, um, they're obviously going to be disappointed because I don't know a single esthetician <laughs> who knows every little thing there is to know. Right. Exactly. So anyway, my probably one of my favorite things about teaching is just getting giving the students exposure to all these little options and kind of going back to that, um, you know, there is power in learning, learning all these little things on your own. Um, For example, so we do something called extra mile workshops, which is it's kind of our way to to provide that exposure of, hey, look, we have a lot of students who are interested in. microblading or permanent makeup. So this instructor is going to do a little mini course on permanent makeup. So that way, okay, you can come in and you can say, Hey, that really does pique my interest. I think I'd be interested in that. And then we can provide you with contacts to further your education after licensure. Gotcha. 
Um, so that's probably one of my favorite little things is just providing that exposure. But so we do, we have this, one of the instructors does um, an extra mile workshop on like everything that you need to get a business set up. So you want to be in business for yourself. Fantastic. Here's what you need. You need a business license. You need a, a resale number. You need insurance. And she goes through, ev- it's very, very thorough, every single step of all of this stuff for the students. And these extra mile workshops are optional. So not every student is there all the time. And even the ones who are, I still get phone calls after they've graduated. Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? So there is so much power in learning those lessons on your own, I think. And I don't know, finding maybe finding a better way or a different way. And that's how we get these new breaths of fresh air in the aesthetics industry is when someone's like, yeah, I did that. And that was stupid. Here's a better way to do that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's there's power in that. There's power in going out and learning something new on your own. Um, but I I would agree if if they could if schools could be a little bit more clear or just managing the expectation a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean it's it's important to understand that every aesthetic school is they have to create their curriculum around the state board requirements. Yes. So the state tells them how many hours they need to spend on each specific thing. And then that basically fills up the 600 or 1200 hour program or Mm -hmm. however many hours. And there isn't a lot of time to fit other things in there. So that's why, you know, until the state decides that every esthetician um, needs to learn how to do microblading or eyelash extensions or things like that, then that's probably not something that you're going to gain in your regular school hours in your regular curriculum. And then the other thing is you're already spending so much time learning, you know, the sanitation and the anatomy of the skin and all those things. There's just not time to sit and really talk about business skills and client relations and, you know, setting those boundaries or all, all those other things, how to pick your prices and things like that. So you do have to go out on your own and find that education from other sources that, you know, you feel like you can trust. I think it's so awesome that you have the extra mile business workshop. Like that has got to be so beneficial. And even though students aren't learning everything they need to know, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's providing a really great foundation for them to get going in their own business within the industry. Yeah. yeah. Just like, like I've, said before is just that exposure just a little bit that you know what you don't know unless you've tried you don't know you don't know that you're gonna hate lash extensions I'm speaking from experience (laughs) (laughs) you don't know that you're gonna literally dread applying lash extensions until you've tried that so why not give you that exposure so which is kind of what led me to creating skin soul retreat was you know we every single aesthetic school every single esthetician will tell you you have to continue ed- your education, continue your education, keep learning, blah, 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 which is so true. But I was getting a little bit frustrated because I, I couldn't find anything that wasn't like any continuing education opportunities that wasn't taught by a skincare line, a product manufacturer or an equipment sales rep. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted just the education without the sales pitch. Not that that's not a good thing because, you know, we're all trying to to create something or provide something, but I wanted just the education that could be transferred to any product line, that could be transferred to any equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's so smart. So that's kind of where the retreat blossomed was just a little bit of frustration trying to to find something that, that didn't have that sales pitch attached to it. Yeah. I I wanted to comment on a couple of things that you said. First of all, I think it's really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like at the school, y'all offer those little mini courses, but then if the student decides they want to learn more about it, you refer them outside of the school to do the training. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I guess it would kind of depend on what the topic is. So our director of education does permanent makeup. She doesn't offer courses and she doesn't really do it anymore. She, she's kind of retired from doing that, but so she'll do a little mini course on 
permanent makeup, she brings her tattoo gun in and the students can practice on like a little foam pad. Mm -hmm. They're not getting all the color theory. They're not getting all the brow design. You know what I mean? It's just, just a little bit of a taste. And if they're interested, then we have, um, sometimes we have people that come in and teach classes or they, maybe they offer this education separately. So we can just kind of give them recommendations on who would be, who in the community or the industry would be a good person to ask for more information. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a great idea for two reasons. First of all, um, it's good to get some education outside of the school culture sometimes. Yes. When you are at an aesthetic school where they have all of the add-on courses and everything like that in-house, sometimes you miss a fresh perspective because Mm -hmm. it's just everybody's teaching the same way, the same style, the same kind of attitude and everything like that. And so I do like that, at least for some of the courses available, y'all recommend um, outside of the school itself to get that training, you know, a couple grand for this course. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even get through this because I can't can't even finish the course. Yeah, exactly. So I love that y'all do just little hints of courses so they can see if it's something they're actually interested in. And I mean, even like eyelash extensions, like you were saying, people, those classes aren't cheap. And then you have your kit and everything. And then a lot of students decide that it is just not for them, that they just paid, you know, 800 plus to be able to take this class. And and they're stuck with all these lashes that they may never want to use again. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about kind of getting out of your element a little bit, because, you know, at the beginning we do this, we, I do this with my students at the beginning of of school, you know, I'll ask them, okay, who feels out of your comfort zone right now? And obviously everyone, everyone raises their hand, but as the the class progresses, you know, aesthetic school becomes your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And then when we're in our comfort zone, we're not stretching ourselves and we're not, maybe we're not everyone because there are, there always will be students who are taking advantage of every single opportunity. But, you know, sometimes we get a little bit too comfortable and we're not seeking out extra opportunities to learn. And we're maybe not taking as many notes as we should in theory class and, and doing all those things. But when you kind of, you start over again and okay, I'm, I'm ponying up another $12 to take this course you're writing down every word that instructor mm-hmm. is saying. <laughs> so kind of kind of starting over, not starting over, but freshening up your your intention or your your passion again. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. And I I do think it's so true that when you can learn something outside of your regular learning routine, that it makes it a little bit special, it helps you ingrain it a little bit better. So, yeah, I just agree with all of that. I think that's so smart. Yeah. Um, so you decided that there needed to be a platform for estheticians to be able to learn about products and theory without feeling obligated to purchase a particular product or a particular product line. Yeah. And to just, I don't know, as far as hands-on courses go, I don't know, maybe I'm just the only one. I, I've never really seen hands-on training that wasn't eyelash extensions or, permanent makeup. Those two are, those are kind of the big, the big courses right now in the industry, eyelash extensions and, and microblading, but Mm -hmm. that's not for everybody. Like obviously (laughs) permanent makeup's not for you and lash extensions. I would rather dig a ditch than do lash extensions all day. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) So though there's, there's so many other skills and especially maybe if you didn't go to a school that did a very thorough job teaching facial massage, or I don't know, all these other little hands-on things, um, there's really nowhere for you to get that. There's nowhere to find a facial massage hands-on class that doesn't have a product line attached to it. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my goal. And then just also to be able to network, be able to kind of take off, take away that competition mindset and and you've been through St. George. St. George is a small town. Mm-hmm. It just is. There's a lot of estheticians here. And I, I kind of stop my students in their tracks when they're like, well, what if I can't do this because someone else is doing it? So mm-hmm. no one's going to do it the way that you're going to do it. So the word competition, like I don't even, 
That's a blacklist word for me. I don't like it. The only person that you're in competition with is yourself and, and kind of the industry as a whole of like, okay, what can I do to set myself apart and not to set myself apart because I'm better than everyone else, but to set myself apart because I have something different to offer. Yes. So just, just ways to network and to kind of bring, bring people together. And, and I've seen this so much, so much more in even the last two years of people, you know, doing what you're doing or, you know, they're, they're offering their experiences to their followers. And to me, that is huge. Like that, that takes the word competition out of the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. That's something that I, I personally care a lot about is eliminating this idea of like a competitive industry. And obviously Mm -hmm. we're all you know, we all need to make money. We all need clients and things like that. Those of us that are choosing to take clients right now. But there are so many more people than there are estheticians. I don't care what town you're in. And Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like, oh, there's something wrong with the the market. It's too saturated. There are too many other estheticians. There's all these outside reasons why my business isn't doing well. No, there's something that you aren't doing for your business. You're choosing not to be accountable and you could be as successful as you want to be. And so we had another guest on, um, Natalie Warren from, uh, skin inspiration in Campbell's Campbellsville, Kentucky. And she talked about how, when she was in aesthetic school, even some of her instructors were a little bit negative, like, oh, well, it's a really you know, it's a tough industry out there and it's going to be hard to build your clientele. Like, just be aware. It's going to take a lot of time. And fortunately she was like, that's a weird perspective to have. That's not how I am. I'm going to go out and create my business the way I want it to be, which is what she did. Yeah. But I'm just so happy to hear that you shared the complete opposite perspective with your students. You're like, nope, there is enough work to go around. You got to have a positive mindset. You can make this business whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And ultimately like that, the whole saturation thing. Oh my gosh. I'm so sick of hearing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so sick of it. And honestly, you know what it is? It's an excuse. Yes. It's, it's, it's just an excuse. And you can find, you can find a million of those. You can find a million excuses. You don't have the money. You don't have the time. You don't know enough people. You don't like posting on social media. Like there's a million of those. So move on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If If all you're looking for is, is an excuse, find the next one because People are doing it in smaller communities with more estheticians than you, and they're still bringing home six figures. So yeah, don't know what to tell you. Exactly. Well, and even people who are not in a saturated market, they are like, quote, saturated market, right? They still yeah. have problems with their business. And again, it's just they're coming up with excuses. Like, I've, I mean, I firmly believe that if you want to be a successful six-figure earning esthetician, you can do it. You just have to put forth effort on your part, get the coaching or the resources that you need to, um, you know, create a plan of action and Mm -hmm. then go for it. But it's all of this, like, I don't know. It it feels like there's this idea of, well, I've got to do my business the way other estheticians are doing their business. And so if it's not working for them, then it's not going to work for me. And I just have to deal with the fact that this just comes with the territory. I'm just going to be stressed all the time. I'm going to, you know, be begging for clients. I'm going to have to deal with negotiators. I'm never going to have my books full because I'm an esthetician. That's Yeah, I love it. It's like for every like police officer that gets hired for my department, we beat out like 500, Mm -hmm. like like 500. And so I've been in the process with some friends of mine, like we're both going through it at the same time. And he fails out of something. I'm like, damn, bro, oh, crap. I'm going to probably fail the, the oral interview too or whatever. My mom always tell me, that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It has nothing yeah. to do with you. Like, you do you. Exactly. You just go. You be yourself. You do what you have to do. He got his own problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with you. And I think it's the same with any field. Like, you can make all the excuses you want. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. I yeah. Know. I know. And... And just going back to what you said, like building that clientele. Yeah, that is the hardest part. And it doesn't matter if you're the only institution in your entire town. It's still the hardest part Mm -hmm. building that clientele. It doesn't come down to what other people are doing. It comes down to what are you doing? Yes. 
And what are you doing every single day? Because I, I mean, I've been guilty of this too. I just launched, I just launched an online course. I posted about it once and I was feeling a little bit hurt that, you know, I didn't sell 100 courses, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, what am I doing every single day to ensure that I'm successful? Not what did I do once? I'm reading this book called This Is Marketing. Actually, maybe I should say I've, I read this book because by the time this mes- this episode airs, I will have been talking about this book for like six episodes. <laughs> okay. I read this book. Hold on. Let me stop laughing. <laughs> okay. I read this book called This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And he talks about how you have to build trust with your audience. And so, or your ideal customer or what, you know, whoever it is you're trying to reach. And mm-hmm. if you show up one time and make a statement one time, they don't care. I mean, you have to be consistent. You have to be there, uh, you know, continuing to build that trust and continuing to make a presence in their lives. He talked about how Zig Ziglar, he was a pot and pan, a traveling pot and pan salesman in the 60s. And a lot of people in his company, they would you know, travel to a new town have all their pots and pans in their car. They would, you know, reach a few people, the handful of people in the town who were open to try new things and then just get those quick, easy sales and then move on because everybody else was too hard to reach. Mm-hmm. But what Zig Ziglar would do is he would go to a town and he'd rent a room and he would stay for several weeks or a couple of months And he would continue hosting these demonstration dinners with the pots and pans. And he, you know, he would get those easy sales right away, but he would stay and he would be consistent and he would continue building trust and he'd continue letting people know I'm I'm the pot and pan guy, you know? And then that is how he would be able to essentially take over the town with his pots and pans. And so I think a lot of estheticians have the, you know, the other salesperson approach where they're going to. They're going to go in. They're going to say, hi, I just launched this new spa. I offered this, this, and this. And, you know, a couple people are going to come, but then the rest of the people are thinking, so why? Who are you? Why should I trust you? Why would I yes. go to you? But then because they aren't getting this immediate response, they're like, oh, obviously this isn't for me. Or obviously there's just too many other estheticians or any other excuse in the book. But the fact of the matter is they didn't do their work. You can't mm-hmm. expect a client to come and give you their money and give you their time just because you're there. You've got to paint the picture for them. You've got to show them what opportunities they're going to be getting by coming to you. So don't think that it's this simple process. Like, no, you have yeah. to put in effort to build that trust. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times people think that coming to school is putting in their effort and Mm -hmm. then, and then they're good after school because they know everything. But I was just reading this um, study on online marketing and it says that on average people need to see something 10 to 15 times before they purchase it. Yep. 10 to 15 times. That means you need to be talking to your followers 10 to 15 times about the lash extensions that you're offering or your awesome new facial protocol that includes this, this, and this. Like 10 to 15 times they need to hear, you need this, you need this, you need this, and then they'll buy it. Mm-hmm. So just just like you said, just you can't just show up once and say, oh, this is what I do. Come see me when you're ready. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And we have even seen that exact thing with like our book, for example, our boundaries and aesthetics book, because we'll notice people, you know, they'll tag us in, um, you know, posts about the book. And there, sometimes there'll be like the same person commenting on everybody's tagged pictures being like, Hey, I've been thinking about buying this book. What did you think of it? And Mm. always the person will be like, I loved it. It was great. You should get it. And then, you know, a couple days later, somebody else will post about it. And that person will comment and be like, Hey, I noticed you bought this book. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about it? And it's like, okay, seriously, but they're getting their 10 brushes with it, I guess, yes. and different exposures because some people are not just going to hand over their hard-earned money and trust you off the bat. Like, Which and they shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Right. It yeah. totally makes sense because aren't we yeah. the same way yep. with the things we spend our money on? So you've got to think like a consumer. They don't have all of the ideas. They don't see the big picture of it and why it's so important and why they need it so much like you see it. 
So put yourself in the shoes of your client and realize, oh, okay, they've never had microneedling before. Why would Mm -hmm. they just drop several hundred dollars to get a treatment that is going to poke holes in their face? Like they they don't see the big picture. You've got to help them understand what they would be getting from it and why you're the person to go to to get it. Yes. And I think just to kind of go along with that is um, I know even when my students start school at the very beginning, sometimes they they don't know the difference between microneedling and microblading. Like, it, you know, like ultimately they know the difference, but just saying it out loud, they're not quite sure. So mm-hmm. spending that time to educate your followers as well of like over and over and over, this is what it is. This is what it does. This is what it is. This is what it does. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, I'm running a special on microneedling. No, 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 no. You need to break it down for them because mm-hmm. if my if my students and this isn't anything on them they they're brand new you know what I mean but yeah. they have they would have more knowledge or they care more about what this treatment is than someone who um, you know doesn't know anything and they still sometimes get confused between the difference at the beginning so just giving that education and saying this is what it is this is why you need it um, don't forget who your audience is. Yeah. And I'm seeing I'm seeing this a lot on on social media of estheticians, you know, if they're if they're working as a service provider, who is your who's your target audience? Your target audience is someone who's going to come in for a treatment and sometimes the way that they're saying the things that they're saying, it's directed to other estheticians. Yes. If that makes sense. So like they haven't they haven't nailed down their target audience yet, obviously, if they're if they're educating other estheticians now, unless that's your target audience, like yours and mine, our, mm-hmm. our target audience is other estheticians. But if you're taking clients, that's not your target market. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. That's something that we talk to our coaching clients about a lot because they're, you know, I'll ask them, okay, the posts that you're putting, they're interesting, they're informative, but who is interacting with them? Is it potential clients or is it other estheticians? And they're like, oh, well, I guess you know, most of the time it's potent, it's other estheticians. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's because you're not speaking for a consumer. You're speaking for other industry professionals. Yeah. And so they need to change their marketing tactics and the way that they present the information in order to, um, you know, attract those people who are looking for those results. Yeah. And I, I, I read your book and thank, thank you, you for that, by the way, <laughs> thank you for reading it. <laughs> um, and I just loved what you were taught in the book. It talks about, um, client information or like building, you know what I mean? Like asking those questions and qualifying your clients. Mm-hmm. The other part of that is, and this is where I get so excited because I love the back end stuff. Like I love the business decisions and I love, I love the ways different ways that you can do things that way. But your client information is basically data. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's data to build your target market or to define your target market. If you don't know who your target market is, look at your clients. <laughs> That's yeah. your target market. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And um, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why it's so important to look at that data is because then you can examine the numbers and see what is and isn't working. Like yeah. a lot of people, I think they'll look at a social media post and they'll be like, okay, am I getting likes or comments? Oh, no, I'm not getting likes. I'm not getting comments. So I guess my clients just don't understand, but I like what I'm posting. So I'm just going to keep posting what I'm posting. Yes. But really, it goes so much deeper than that. Okay, if they're, if you're not getting likes or comments, that's one thing. But what about your other insights? Are you hitting that? If you have a business account, are you hitting that view insights button? And are you looking to see if you have shares, if you have saves? Are you looking to see how many profile visits you have, how many website clicks you have? And then if you aren't getting a big engagement on a particular, um, on a particular post, then you either need to stop posting those kinds of posts because those aren't the kinds of things that your audience wants to see, or you need to um, adjust the way that you're explaining the information, the way you're adjusting or you're presenting the information so that your audience will understand it better and understand why they need it. Or you need to make sure that you have the right audience because a lot of times in the case of estheticians, they want 
clients, but what they have is other estheticians. So yes. the audience they're wanting is not the audience they have. Yeah. And and sometimes you get confused with, okay, I, I have 13 new followers, but did you have any new bookings? Yes. Yep. Oh my gosh, Shari. Yes. Preach <laughs> it, girl. Like, I don't care how many followers followers you have. I don't care how many likes you get. How many faces do you have on your treatment table? That's all you should care about. Yes. And the other thing is that, like, which this may be taking us down a completely different rabbit hole. <laughs> no, uh, but, I'm sorry. This is my bad. <laughs> no, you're totally, no, I love it. But um, <laughs> we're, we're all about this. You can tell we're getting fired up. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> but, uh, but the other thing is that social media is not the only way to get clients. And so people are so obsessed with like, oh, I've got to get followers. I've got to get followers. And okay, that's great. You could have 100,000 followers and still be sleeping on your sister's couch because you can't afford to, you know, pay your own rent, right? Mm -hmm. So what else are you doing? Are you getting out in your community? Are you talking to people that you know, the people that you meet about what you do? I mean, there it's not just the world of social media. Like, yes, get out there. And I had a friend who, you know, she used to do spots on KSL, which is a little local news in Utah. Is it all over Utah or is it just in Salt Lake? I think so. Yeah. It's all, I, we have it down here. Okay. So she used to do little spots on, I, I think it was KSL, but it was one of the local Utah channels where she would get on and she, she was a makeup artist. Um, and so she'd get on and she'd be like, okay, I'm going to talk about, you know, these five minute get ready quick tips for moms. Or for, you know, um, take a day look to an evening look just real fast. And that solidified her authority as the makeup artist in Utah. Like people were like, oh, she's on the news. She's the person I need to be contacting. And she would get tons and tons of bookings, right? So that was like such a creative thing for her to think, you know what? On the lifestyle section of the news and, you know, during the day kind of spots, I could get on and I could talk about what I provide as a makeup artist, why can't y'all do the same thing with what you provide as estheticians? Like get out there, think outside the box. It's about exposure and social media is not the only way to get exposure. Get, you know, make shirts that have your company logo on them and go and do a charity work or community service. I mean, get out there. If, yes. What if like, for example, what if the coronavirus wasn't like, an actual disease, but it was to shut off cell phone technology. Mm. How would these estheticians survive? That's such yes. a good question. Without being able to post or see anything, how would they survive? Well, they, they have all the other the other tools. Yeah. Does your community know you? Exactly. Do they know where you are? Do they know you exist? Do you, yes. do you go around and give flyers? Sometimes we got to keep it old school. Mm-hmm. Go give flyers, yeah. knock on doors, show face. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you survive mm-hmm. without it? Yep. Well, and this is this is kind of part of my my 31 day marketing course or social media course that I just launched. One of them, one of the posts is local love. So like go show another small business some love, whether that's maybe a coffee shop down the street that is is locally owned. You know, go show your face. Go say hi. Go post about them and create a network, create a community within your community. Yes. I think that's so important. Um okay, so you just mentioned your 31-day social media course. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So this is something I actually do this for my students. We do this course every single semester and they love it. And I love seeing how creative that they get. And I know we just talked about social media is not the only way to market yourself, which is so true, but it's, it's a pretty easy way to market yourself. Right. And, um, so the course is, it's 31 days. Um, at the very beginning we go over, it's kind of work at your own pace. Once you, once you've logged in and you've downloaded it, you just have access to everything. Um, so we go over kind of the rules of the course. Well, I call them guidelines because I'm a Gemini. So rules don't sound very fun. (laughs) (laughs) So the guidelines of the course are, you know, to post consistently, to make sure that your posts offer your clients or your followers value, because as cute as your dog is, like what, what is it bringing in or as cute as your lipstick is, like what value does that bring to your clients? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So establishing yourself as the expert, offering value, all these things. We go over building your perfect bio. Mm -hmm. So what should be in your bio? Because, and I'll just give you a sneak peek because nothing pisses me off more. Can I say piss? Oh yeah, you can cuss on here. (laughs) I know you probably don't, but you can cuss on here. (laughs) Okay. Nothing pisses me off more than when estheticians don't have where they're located in their freaking Instagram bio. Shari, I'm sorry. Pause. This drives me nuts Uh-oh. because we get on and we look at estheticians' <gasps> pages all day. And a lot of times you can't find the city they're in. You can't find their no. name. You have to go back and look Who at is, posts to see even, if they've tagged an area or something. I, yeah. I will look and look and look. And sometimes they'll tag an area. So I can be like, okay, so it looks like they're probably around minneapolis you know or something yeah then i still can't find their name why would a client come to you if they don't know who you are like part of why we follow people on social media is so that we we develop this like like know and trust you know oh my gosh i'm freaking out right now because i the same thing exactly like you're gonna make your clients dig through three years of posts to see um this building in the background and then they have to google this building to see where you are and if they can even come to you Oh no, gosh, no, no, so no, 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 sneak peek. That's part of it. Like okay. build your bio, make sure that people can find you, make sure that they know what they're getting when they follow you. What do you have to offer them? Where are you located? And then, um, the rest of it is 31 days of photo prompts. So I feel like, you know, we're kind of getting away from a perfectly curated stock photo feed. Like we're over that people are mm-hmm. over it. We don't want to see, we don't want to see your stock photos anymore. Right. Um, and I think that people want, or estheticians, people, estheticians want to create content, but they maybe just, they don't quite know how, or they don't have the time, mm-hmm. um, all these other things. So it just kind of helps you take the panic out of social media of, oh my gosh, it's been four days and I haven't posted, um, to just help you break it down. There's a, there's a prompt for each day. You take a photo and helps you create that habit of turning everything into content. Turn like, what are you eating for lunch? Turn that into content. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How can you take your fantastic acai bowl and educate your clients and post a good picture that makes your feed look aesthetically pleasing? Yes. Oh my gosh. Hashtag antioxidants. Guess what? Yeah. You need it for your skin, not just for your belly. <laughs> Fight those free radicals. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> free radicals. I, I totally love that because I know for me, um, I have a tendency to get stressed out about social media. Like I don't even oh, touch yeah. Facebook. I can't handle Facebook at all. Instagram. I feel like I can do Instagram better, especially because we have finally come up with a system that works for me. Like for those of y'all who haven't seen our Instagram page, we do, we do a grid system. And so it's a, you know, either a video or a picture followed by some kind of graphic or a quote every other day. Okay. Like that is what we yes. do. And it's not, believe it or not, it isn't just because it looks cute. It is because that is the only way that I can wrap my structured brain around doing social media. Like I have Mm. such a hard time and I was getting so overwhelmed with, Oh my gosh, what should I post next? But I've got to look at my unum feed and Oh, this doesn't look good next to this. And that doesn't look good next to this. And I would get so overwhelmed and Royal would just hold me and be like, Melissa, it's okay. It's just social media. And I'm like, but it has to be like beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and also informative and also wonderful. And you know, we have to have call to actions and all these kinds of things. And, um, fortunately Royal, has a much better grip on social media than I do. And so he's the one who does a lot of like engagement and things like that on, on our social media page. But you have to find a system that works for you. And if you're somebody like me who struggles with coming up with content and gets overwhelmed with it, this course you have sounds like such an opt, like such an awesome way to get over that overwhelm and get into the habit and become comfortable with it before you go out on your own. Like having those steps would have been so beneficial to me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, like I said, it just helps take the panic out because Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Oh my gosh, I haven't posted in a week. What what do I say? And then you just end up posting nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it it does nothing for your followers. It does nothing to build your, to build your clientele. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of what these posts do is help you create it and like I said create those habits of just 
looking at something and, and figuring out how you can turn it into content. So it's, so that social media is not a chore that it's, you know, it's just part of your daily routine. It's just mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially with Instagram, you know, Facebook is a little bit, I, I still can't handle Facebook, but <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> it's supposed to be more creative and fun and mm-hmm. have images that are beautiful or interesting or whatever. And so I feel like Instagram should be a creative outlet. It should be an opportunity and something that you look forward to. But we get so caught up in this perfectionistic mindset yes. and feel like, oh, how's everybody else doing this? Okay, well, I've got I've to make sure that it's good. I've got to make sure it's perfect, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I love that you have these prompts that help help the, you know, students, so to speak, of the course. Um, mm-hmm tap into their creative side and I feel like, yeah, it just sounds like it'll make it so much more fun and more of an outlet as opposed to a a chore or a burden, like you were saying. Yeah. And the other thing is like all of the photo prompts are specifically for estheticians, like with estheticians in mind. So here's an example of how you can turn your meal into valuable content for followers for an esthetician page, like you said, mm-hmm. accidents or, or whatever it might be, but like, it's all specifically for estheticians. Um, I am working on another one for lash artists because I'm also so sick of seeing the same lash feeds over mm-hmm. and over and over of just, here's an eyeball and here's another eyeball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I'm working on one for lash artists as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think consumers, they do like seeing your before and after pictures for sure. But they still want, you know, you bring up an excellent point because there are tons and tons of Instagram feeds of from gorgeous eyelash technicians who have gorgeous, gorgeous lashes on their page. But if everybody has a bunch of gorgeous pictures of gorgeous lashes, then what makes you stand out? Like what makes you different? Why should they come to you when there's somebody else in the town who has the exact same feet? So you have to do things to help boost that like, know, and trust. Yeah. Building that relationship. If your face is nowhere on your lash extension feed, there's a bye. Problem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I can, I can Google pictures of lash extensions. I don't need your feet to do that. Like I need something more from you. Yeah. When I see those kinds where there's not a single picture of a person's face and it's just lashes, I automatically assume that it's a curated account. I automatically yeah. assume that it's one of those, um, like, network pages where they just post a bunch of other people's work and you know you can celebrate each other but Uh from a client perspective I I wouldn't want to take the time to have to go through and look and be like oh I like this person's work where do they live oh they don't live by me you know but even if that's not the kind of account that it is that's what I naturally assume that it is yeah get creative exactly exactly okay so let's talk just a little bit more about skin and soul retreat okay tell us about it so a lot of things are up in the air at the moment with the rona with corona i know (laughs) um so our original plan at the beginning of the year was to host this retreat in either Scottsdale, Arizona or Palm Springs, California, mm-hmm. um, in September, August, end of August, beginning of September. That seems like it's the best time for most of our followers. Um, but with everything up in the air, currently no resorts are taking, you know, um, what do you call them? Reservations at the moment yeah. and launching a launching registration for a traveling retreat given the circumstances, just didn't seem like a sound decision. (laughs) So we've kind of postponed that for now. Um, It will be happening. When and where are just kind of the, the unknowns at the time, but we're, we're still planning on providing fantastic education with you guys included. And um, yeah, those details will, will be posted as we know them, but kind of what sets us apart is, um, the hands-on learning. We do dive into some of those like business coaching things we have at our last retreat. We had an accountant that went over, you know, setting up your business for success and what's a deduction and what Mm -hmm. the heck that can do for you. Awesome. (laughs) So just kind of breaking those things down that, you know, maybe you didn't learn in aesthetic school or there's not really, 
any specific resources that are targeted just for estheticians. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, we kind of just dive into that a little bit. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. You know, you were talking earlier about how it's difficult to find hands-on training that, you know, first of all, isn't connected to some kind of product line, which sometimes that's totally fine. Like I know there, my yeah. product line that I use, I love when they do any kind of hands-on training because then that helps me know how to better use a product that I'm already in love with. Right. But if you aren't looking necessarily for a new product line to bring on or anything like that, where can you go to learn just how to do some, maybe some new treatments or some new techniques? Like I know for me, I've been out of the treatment room for how many years? Two, three, three Three years. And Mm -hmm. I didn't learn anything about gua sha, you know, massage or um, even a jade roller. I don't even have a jade roller because I was like, I don't, I didn't learn how to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? For me, facial massage was just with your fingers. And um, so I, I'm like, I don't even know where to go to look for these things. And, you know, if you look hard enough, you can find people who are offering like online classes to go over those things. But not everybody is an online learner. And right. so I love Us. that. Yeah. Especially in this industry. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So I, I just love that you're creating this space where not only can estheticians go to network with each other, to have a relaxing environment, a relaxing experience in a beautiful place. But then also to get to learn some of these things that would benefit their their business and benefit, you know, you know, increase the value of what they're offering for their clients. So I just think it's so smart. I'm really excited for us to be able to participate and offer some education for the attendees and everything. We're we're really looking forward to it whenever it does get to happen. I know it will happen. Yes. <laughs> it will happen. Yes. Um, just when the when is just our our are unknown at the moment, but, um, we've said before that the retreat is education disguised as a vacation or vacation disguised as education. (laughs) Yay. We all need a vacation, especially as estheticians. I think a lot of treatment providers don't take time for themselves and they're nervous to schedule just a vacation. So with this where it's like, Oh, it's a vacation, but it would also benefit my business. So maybe I can make this you know, make an exception yeah. and take this time yeah. off to go. Kind of hits both. And and we do focus on kind of just like all over self-improvement as well. I do a thing on success blocks of like, this is where you want to be, or maybe you haven't even defined where you want to be. So start there, start by defining it. And then what are the small steps to get you there and what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do kind of like this burning cer- ceremony where you, you, you know, you give away or you let go of these things that are holding you back, which is so powerful. I love that. I do that in my meditation in the morning, like a little, I just did it this morning right before we called you. Yeah. Oh, I do like a love little it. letting go. And it's something that is so, it's so important to be able to get your mindset right. And it's something that you need to kind of do consistently. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that that's involved in, in the retreat. Yeah. So hopefully people can go home and, and, you know, take some of these skills that they can incorporate into their daily lives and their morning rituals and stuff. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Shari, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all of the wonderful things that you do, the amazing resources that you provide for this industry. Um, so we will link the Instagram for skin and soul retreat into the show notes. And then as well as Shari's, what, what is the, the name of your other Instagram account? I know you just changed it, right? So yeah, my personal one is just Elevated Esthetician. Okay. And that's the one that they can look at to find information on the course, the social media course, right? Yes. Yep. The courses, um, there is some information on the retreat as well. So it's just kind of like the main hub for all, all the things that got going on. Okay, perfect. So we'll link both of those. And then um, you have a special offer for our listeners, right? I do, yes. So I have a coupon code for my 31 Days of Content Challenge. Um, coupon code is SPA Strong, and that will get you these 31 days, 31 prompts for $31. So a awesome. dollar a day. I love that. I love it too. That's so awesome. Yes. Okay. 
And then that um, that coupon code, is it all caps, one word, or how? All caps, yep, all caps, one word. Okay, and we will link that in the episode notes as well so yes. that y'all can Perfect. take advantage of that awesome, awesome offer and, you know, get a fabulous jumpstart on your social media. And then also, Shari, one thing that we like to do is ask all of our guests to briefly describe what boundaries, balance, health, and safety means to them. Is that something that you could talk about really quickly? Yes, absolutely. I've I've been thinking about it since we kind of talked about the podcast, and I think I can sum it up in, in just a few words, and that's that boundaries to me kind of equals self-love. Yes. Self-love is a huge movement right now. Like everything's about self-love and taking care of yourself. And, you know, you can talk about it all day long, but until you put boundaries in place and not even just with clients, with family and friends and basically anybody that you spend time with, mm-hmm. um, it's just another form of self-love and, and consistency. So just kind of taking it a little bit towards the client side, you talked about showing up for your clients and building that relationship and trust and boundaries is a great way to do that because they know what they're going to get every single time they come into you. Yes. It's kind of building, building their trust and, and your trust and creating consistency in that. And I remember I kind of had to learn this the hard way, like most people, I'm sure. Mine's from a little bit of a different perspective as an instructor, not as an esthetician, but my first year teaching, I we have a, a tardy policy. And our policy is that if you clock in after 845 in the morning, you don't come into theory class. Mm-hmm. And like most schools, um, I remember I had a student, it was like 847 and I had two students who were in, in class. One of them had been late a lot a lot, a lot, like multiple times a week. And the other one had never been late a single time. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of getting in my head of like, okay, well, crap, I, I can't let this one student in. This is her first time being late, but I can't let her in because how is it fair that the other student doesn't come in? You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. saves you as a service provider or instructor or whatever. It saves you losing sleep over mm-hmm. these silly little things yep. because you can just go back to, Oh, I'm so sorry. This is the policy. It's very cut and dry. You clocked in after 8:45 and this is now this is now your consequence. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just these are the rules that are in place to protect us all as a whole. So, yes. Consistency and self-love. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I think that's so important and you're absolutely right. It it makes it so much more stressful to try to look at every circumstance as a special case. And decide right then and there how you're going to handle everything. No, just have the same boundaries, the same policies across the board. And then you don't have to lose sleep over it. You know exactly how you're going to handle it. And, you know, then you can just keep moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, your clients in the long run will, they'll thank you for it. Mm -hmm. I, in your book, you talked about treatment notes and like making sure that you, you know, if someone says, oh, well, you didn't charge, you charged me less last time than you did this time. I've had that happen. I had friends that I got product for and one time I gave them wholesale and another time I gave, I gave them 30% off. And so it wasn't very consistent, which doesn't look good for both either of us. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. number one, number one, don't give your, don't give your products away at wholesale. No. Um, but keep record of that. Like, okay, my friends and family, like this is the rule across the board. So that at family reunions, when aunt Becky is talking to so-and-so it's the same, it doesn't matter. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so true because clients do talk, whether they're family members or not. A lot of times your clients, a a group of them at least will know each other because of referrals and things like that. And they're going to compare notes. And if you're not Mm -hmm. consistent across the board, then you're going to have a problem. Yep. Exactly. Yep, you're losing clients. Yeah, and damaging a relationship because you know the first thing they think is, well, what did I do that I don't get that discount? Exactly. And you do not yeah. want your clients wondering things like that for sure. No. No, no, no. Well, so I love love loved your book. Love what you guys are doing and I'm so so happy our paths have crossed. Absolutely. Thank you. We totally we agree. Too. We just um we're just happy to 
you know, we've been meeting so many wonderful people in the industry and I love how like-minded, you know, we are, we were able to talk right away. I taught aesthetics and, you know, you're an aesthetics instructor and you're offering this amazing educational resource through skin and soul retreat. And then also through your online courses, um, to be able to better this aesthetics industry. And I feel like we can just relate on so many things and we just appreciate you coming and sharing your insight and adding value to the spa strong podcast. Thank you so much. Shari. Thank you. Shari. Thank you. And I will see you guys soon in person. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thank you. Thank you.